just saying. Okay, Chris. I'm just saying Z is like, <laughs> the exact same oh my thing, God, like, fine. just like if Side-Eye could slaughter right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Dinner SOS, a new show from Bon Appetit where we help our listeners solve their dinner emergencies. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. If it's your first time listening, here's how the show works. Each week, one listener brings us a dinner problem. And I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. No problem is too big or too small. And this week, our listener Claire called in for help creating a dynamic dinner party menu that doesn't take her away from her guests. Associate food editor Zainab Issa and I are on the case. We'll each give Claire a recipe, but she can only choose one. I'm going to try my best to convince you. Two solutions, but our caller only needs one. That's this week on Dinner SOS. First up, we hear from Claire. Hey, this is Chris Morocco. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, Tell me a little just about yourself. Where are you calling in from? Yeah, so I'm calling in from Toronto, Ontario, and I love food. So yeah, I'm really involved in the community and I have a lot of different friend groups. And one of my favorite ways to obviously bring everyone together is over food. What made you call us? Yeah, so I love hosting dinner parties. I think it's a really great time to share stories, you know, around food and connecting with people. And my issue is how do I make sure that I'm ensuring my guests get a delicious meal and I'm not sacrificing time in the kitchen and the stories that are being told in leading up to us eating because I'm in the kitchen and I'm not spending time with them. Isn't it such an interesting sort of like paradox, right? That it's like we want to host people, we want to entertain people, but the the more we host and entertain, the less we actually talk to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And the more courses you have and the more dynamic you want the food to be and then the more effort you put into it and the more love, it seems the more I get pulled away from the actual entertaining part and away from the people that I want to spend time with. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I feel you. I think we've all been there. And as somebody who's, you know, in the past was known for biting off maybe, let's say, like more than they could <laughs> chew in the kitchen, um, yep. I can say that that is um, it's real, you know, wanting to show people a good time, but also wanting to have a good time yourself. There has to be a middle ground there. There has to be. You know, in the way that you kind of framed your, um, you know, your your problem, I mean, it sounds like you like getting ambitious in the kitchen. Is it fair to say? Yes. So when you've had bigger, you know, crowds of people over, are you making some stuff ahead? Like, what are the strategies you're currently using? So this is what gets me. I like to live a very busy life, so I don't. Mm. I struggle to do that unless it's for like a cottage weekend. And then obviously I'll try to do something, but I should be doing a strategy like that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm somebody who thinks about dinner at 6 p.m., you know, despite all the knowledge and all the resources I might have at my disposal at 6 p.m., I am scrambling. (laughs) I'm like rooting through the back of the fridge trying to come up with something. And, you know, honestly, there's just something about it. It's like, I don't know, I I somehow like maybe I revel in at least like the little bit of like sort of adrenaline, you know, that I get from like having to just, yeah, the chaos, you know, just propels you forward a little bit. So I don't know, I guess like in your case, the question is like, do we try 
try to get you to be a different person in the kitchen or? I think it would be smart to at least try, you know, see yeah. how comfortable I am with it and see if I can, if I can achieve it. I think that'd be really great. I don't know um, how to like the right recipes, I guess, that will last into the next day or that can heat up properly. Mm-hmm. I don't trust myself in choosing that. Mm. So I think that's a fear of mine. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I think it just comes down to like needing to employ like some kind of smart strategies about like how to make your effort really count and how to keep you out of the kitchen, you know, at least like a fair amount of the time when you have people you care about and who you want to talk to. I mean, whether you have people over, you know, who you don't want to talk to, you know, that's that's a whole different scenario. We'll yeah, yeah, tackle I that gotta, another time. <laughs> I got to talk to someone else about that issue. Yeah. <laughs> you can call back. You can just pretend to be somebody else. It's cool. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No problem. How do I uninvite people? Okay, so... I'm going to chat with a colleague and get back to you with some recommendations with the hopes that, you know, you'll kind of act on them and then get back to us about how it went and, you know, how things played out. Um, And I can't wait to hear what happens. (laughs) And I just appreciate, you know, that you're willing and open, um, you know, to changing who you are in the kitchen and um, that's always the first step, yeah. right? Well, I can't promise I'll change it every day, but for these special occasions, I think I can make some adjustments. Absolutely. But I will be still throwing something together at 6 p.m. as well. That is uh, my usual strategy. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> A pleasure, Claire. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, Chris. After I spoke with Claire, I went up to the test kitchen to find my colleague, Zainab Issa, who we call Z. It's a little loud. <laughs> as it always, <laughs> as it always is. is. I yeah. just want to like... Just so in case you hear screaming, crashing dishes, just, there's there's a lot happening in here today. Like there's a lot of food, which I feel like just kind of like draws the crowd like, yeah. like, to a flame. So Z is an associate food editor at the magazine. That means she does a combination of recipe development, writing and hosting recipe videos. And about a year ago, we were talking about our new rules for dinner parties post lockdown. And something that you said stayed with me since then, which was frankly, and you know, no disrespect to anybody's family, but sometimes, you know, you have a crowd over and you're happy to be in the kitchen. Yeah. You like, you know, deep fry things one by one. Absolutely. You know, like maybe I'll see you for 100%. Dessert. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I figured maybe Z could do the opposite and take the approach that Claire's craving and pick a recipe that allows Claire to spend more time with her guests on the day of the party. I wonder if we're both understanding the assignment the same. That's what I'm curious to find out. Oh yeah? In what way? Like, I feel like my ideal situation when I want to be a good host and still like escape to the kitchen is something that requires passive cooking and a fair amount of like prep ahead of time. Uh Is that what you would do too? Oh, for sure. Something that's like, it feels like you cooked, right? You're actually finding a way to kind of cook something. Special, but warm. Yeah. Um, but also be present for your friends. Okay. There are some tricks. There, there's, there could be some tricks along the way, um, but I'm curious to see what you come up with. Okay. I'm excited. All right. Yes. I'll talk to you next week. Alrighty. Z and I retreated to our corners to come up with the perfect host-friendly recipe. After the break, we'll get Claire back on the line to each present what we hope will be a winning dish. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Each story from our guests and listeners is totally unique and utterly personal. We love hearing about your first impressions when visiting someplace new. My first trip to the Patagonia region was on the Argentine side. 
I couldn't believe the expansive territory. It's like being in Tibet. The emptiness and the harshness really, I found transformative. Or a story told when safely back on dry land. You know, things happened every single day. I ran out of gas on a jet ski in the middle of the ocean. And I was like, what if a sea creature comes to eat me? But then I'm delusional. I was like, I'll make friends with it and it won't eat me. And maybe I'll ride that back to shore. That's how it works. (laughs) Join me, Lale Arakoglu, every week for more adventures on women who travel, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. Before the break, Z and I brainstormed recipes that could solve Claire's cooking dilemma, making a delicious meal that also allowed her to spend time with her guests. After we deliberated, we called Claire to share our selections. Hello. Hi, Claire. This is Chris. I'm here with Z. Hi, Chris. Hi, Z. I kick things off with my recipe selection, Don Perry's duck confit with spicy pickled raisins. I think this is a wonderful dish because there's a tremendous make-ahead ability here. It's a classic. And part of what I love about this recipe is like, you know, duck confit doesn't only have to exist in a restaurant context. And it doesn't necessarily have to come, you know, out of a jar or out of a can. Although, you know, jarred duck confit is wonderful. So this has you just seasoning the duck and then basically putting it right into the oven. Especially if you season the duck a day in advance and then cook it off the day that you're going to serve it. Or even if you wanted to cook it a day before you plan to serve it and just kind of keep it stored in its own fat and then just kind of reheat it, it's tremendous. And this is like one of those things like you will literally have neighbors just kind of like walking like zombies down like the hallway of your building or through the streets, like trying to figure out what that smell is that's like perfumed like your entire block. And what I also love about this recipe is that duck confit is heavy. It's fatty. It's rich. It's salty. But there are these wonderful pickled raisins, like golden raisins that have been steeped with white wine vinegar, sugar, mustard seeds, um, and some rosemary. And it just punches through that richness. And, you know, this is me uh, like having to come clean that I'm like, I'm not a super big duck person, but it is crazy versatile and really can take some serious abuse. You know, as long as you're not like hammering it, like boiling it away in fat and you keep your temperature, you know, kind of moderate, um, it always just comes out so beautifully well. Um, Z, do you want to talk about the dish that you're proposing? So I actually ended up choosing a recipe I developed last spring. It's my date and soy braised short ribs. Oh, amazing. Picking your own recipe. Definitely a power move. Picking your own recipe is the smartest because you know it the best. And so I'm more sure that I'll win this competition, especially considering the like season that we're in. Um, A braise is ideal. When it's cold outside and everyone's like removing their like massive puffer jackets and like getting warm, all they want is to like sit on a couch and have like a bowl of like braised beef and rice. And mm. like Chris's, it has really great make ahead potential. You could pretty much do the whole thing like a few hours before everybody gets there and then like leave it to braise while you go get ready, set the table, whatever, whatever. Come back, you know, just hike the heat up a little bit to like get the um, braising liquid to like a saucy place and then 
like put together the snap pea and mint salad or do it with cucumbers even would be really nice like Mm -hmm. right before serving and that's literally it so easy wow that was a great dish Thank you. And like, so there are dates in there for sweetness. Was there soy sauce in there? Yeah, there's like, there's a pretty hefty amount of soy sauce in there and like a good amount of dates and you just get a really great sweet salty balance. It's very comforting and like not flat or boring either. The dates kind of melt down completely into it, you know. And you get like a stickier, like thick, uh, like a richness from the dates. Yeah. It's really nice. Inspired by Filipino adobo, which is just like, insanely comforting Mm -hmm. like there's some vinegar in there so you get really nice balance across the board it's like a very strong dish and i think it's a crowd pleaser too so it's going to be good for like whatever preferences your guests might have and i have to say claire you know this is a rare instance where i think in terms of a side dish to serve with either one of these things like mashed potatoes oh, yeah. would just work. Work. Yeah. yeah. You know, creamy mashed potatoes. I mean, we have like literally 15 recipes for mashed potatoes on our site. You've got choices. And um, I don't know if you have like any thoughts like off the bat or any clarifying questions. Um, hit us up. Yeah. Um, so one, love mashed potatoes, but Chris, this Dumkongsi just sounds absolutely delicious. And uh, like, just the name of it alone obviously adds like some sort of like, whoa, can I really do that factor, which is really exciting and challenging. Um, Z dates are something I have in my cupboard at oh, all times. Yes. Oh, They're one nice. of my favorite I trust snacks. your taste already. <laughs> and um, short ribs, I've never made them before. Really? I've never They're made that before either. Make. Oh, wow. And so you guys are really making this difficult because I want to do both. I think this is the thing for you to remember, you know, with like braising in general, this style of cooking, it's like the time is doing the work for you. Yeah. Okay. Like this is not like flash in the pan. Everything hinges on one pivotal moment. Okay. Like this is the most forgiving kind of food to cook as long as you trust in the process and really think about like the endpoints of the recipe, like there is a moment where something you're braising is neither um, tender, but it is like fully cooked. Yeah. And that's like part of like trusting the process, like pushing through that point. You know, you would you would encounter that whether it's like, you know, the short rib or the duck, you know, where the protein has kind of seized up, firmed up, lost some moisture, and you just kind of have to keep going. And that's where it's important. Like don't boil it hard. Keep the heat low, you know? Cook it slow. Low and slow. Like, you know, lazy bubbles, you know, not super active. And just keep going. And, um, you know, when you bring things through to that stage of tenderness and doneness, it's a powerful moment. And so just don't be, you know, surprised if you encounter some like some some wonky looking meat along the way. And that's why it's like so impressive at the end of it is Mm because like the meat has completely transformed. Transformed. Yeah. And it's a texture everyone loves, but it takes time to achieve. And so when people eat it, I feel like they're always like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And doing doing it a day in advance, like totally fair game. Yes. Yeah. So that was my next question. Like, how would that work out for both dishes? In either case, you can do the entire thing the day before. Yeah. And then how do you heat up something properly so you don't lose any of that, like, 
like um, effort that I put into it, I always find that there is something missing between when you first cook it and when something's reheated. Avoid the microwave. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't do that. I thought we didn't even have to say that <laughs> Just in on case. the show. Yeah, no, no, I like Shoot, to double check there and, Okay. Great. I feel like you could do a pretty decent amount of time in the oven beforehand um, or... Like, for example, in this case, put it in the fridge in straight in the Dutch oven and reheat it on the stove. Low. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Don't, and you could do that for both. For sure. Yeah. Like, it'll awesome. go straight okay. from fridge to stove if you store it in the container that you began the cooking process in. Fridge to stove. And look, like, the thing here is, like, you— Like, farm to table. <laughs> you have to—you know, you have to do the work in advance. Like, this is not like yeah. you're not starting to chop onions at 6 p.m. when people are coming at 6.30. That's, like, not conducive to, like, spending quality time, you know, with, like, people you want to spend time with. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. But if this, you did want to escape into the kitchen. But, but I know, Z's like, yeah, but but if you did want to just kind of cloister there yourself. A, there is a fresh element on the date and soy braised short ribs that, like, should be prepared, like, right before serving. Yeah, oh, yeah. you mentioned a mint salad. Was yeah, it? so this one has a mint and snap pea salad. It was published in the spring, so the snap peas were um, seasonal. But you could easily swap that out with, um, like, some smashed cucumbers. And even if you didn't like mint, cilantro would be really good, too. Oh, absolutely. I can see that being a really beautiful combination. Yeah, exactly, because short ribs are so fatty and the, like, sauce leftover yeah. is very, like, rich and deep that the mint just, like, really brings a lot of freshness. And the cucumbers cool. or snap peas would bring, like, crunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mmm. Oh, my gosh. Delicious. Claire, you've got to make a hard choice here. So choose one dish and get back to us, okay? When you've done it, we want to hear about what you chose and how it went. Oh my gosh, I'm Yay. so excited. Thank you so much, awesome. Z of and course. Chris. You guys are fantastic. And you and I can already tell just from your description how much less stressful this will be next time I host people. Awesome. Good Happy luck, Claire. Cooking. So we sent Claire our recipe options. My choice, Don Perry's duck confit with spicy pickled raisins. And Z's choice, her date and soy braised short ribs recipe. Now, Claire's got a tough decision. She can only choose one dish to make for her dinner party. After the break, we'll get Claire back on the line to find out which recipe she picked and how it went. Hi, Claire, and welcome back. Hi, Chris. Hi, Z. How are you? Hi. How are you? Good. Okay. So, Claire, you recorded a voice memo from your dinner party, right? Let's roll the tape of the big reveal. Drum roll. Okay, here we are. We're sitting down to dinner, and it absolutely looks delicious. The short ribs turned out really well. I just put together the salad when all my guests got here. Guests, say hi. Hi. Aww. And we're just sitting down to eat. I luckily got to talk to all of them. Um, and I wasn't spending a lot of time in the kitchen, which was so, so nice. But I'm so excited to eat dinner. So uh, bon appetit. Aw, that was cute. Love that. I feel like we're like part of the experience now. I know that little shout out. Oh, you definitely were. I wish you were here for it. Honestly, I, I feel as if you both would have been very proud of me. Before we hear more from Claire about how it went... I want to throw it over to Z to quickly explain how to make her winning date and soy braised short ribs. So you want to start by seasoning your short ribs liberally with salt and leaving them at room temperature for about an hour. 
Then brown the ribs in a large Dutch oven over medium-high heat and pour off most of the fat. Then, to make the braising liquid, saute onions and garlic and add in tomato paste, dates, bay leaves, soy sauce, white vinegar, and water. Put your short ribs back in the pot and then simmer gently until the meat is super tender, about three and a half to four and a half hours. Then, for the fresh element, make a little side salad by tossing ginger, mint, and sugar snap peas with some red pepper flakes, salt, and lime juice. You could use smashed cucumbers if you're not into snap peas and also switch up the herb too. That fresh, herby acidity will really complement how rich the short ribs are. You can serve it with rice or a starch of your choice, and that's it. So talk to me about what informed your choice uh, about going with the recipe and what was your experience with it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love short ribs. Love short ribs. That was really big. I like the sweetness that dates bring to any sauce. Mm -hmm. And when I really read through the recipe, it looked like I was really building flavor. The three and a half to four hour braise, um, that just tells me that the depth of flavor in a recipe like that will be phenomenal. So that really... um, spark joy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, and pairing that with like a really fresh salad with snow peas and some ginger, the lime juice in it really just added a really special freshness to it. I was drawn to it immediately. I was actually really shocked though that there wasn't more pieces of dates. I didn't know that they were totally break down. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do what sugar or honey would do um, in another like braising liquid. Um, And you just get like a more caramely undertone, I find. It's something that I don't know is totally obvious when braising meat. And and, and this is maybe not for all meat dishes, right? I mean, there are some like, you know, um, Filipino adobos that might be very sharp with vinegar. You know, there's like many different styles and, you know, but. In certain, you know, kind of cuisines, you know, certain meat braises can have like a decent amount of sweetness to them. And whether that's coming from white sugar, brown sugar, obviously the darker you go, the more complexity you get, the more you tease out those kind of caramelized cooked sugar, molasses-y complex flavors. And dates kind of just have it off the shelf. Totally. Yeah, they bring a lot of complexity. Remind me, what cut of short rib was this? Was this English cut? Was this flanken cut? It was a chuck short rib. Oh, it's like meat running along the bone or were the bones cut crosswise? Like more of a Korean Oh, okay. Like sort of like flanken cut short rib, but with the bone in. Yes, yes. Oh, fascinating. Because did you call for English? Yeah. Yeah. It did say English, but I couldn't find that at the butcher shop I went to. No, I love that the recipe is flexible like that. And the chuck just looked delicious. And it's a little bit, at a dinner party, I find it a little bit nicer to be able to cut off the meat off the bone like that. Whereas you give me an English bone in, like that's a hand-sticky backyard barbecue. We're giving you a yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about like, what, what was the night like? You had some friends over and yeah. tell me about like what you did. So um, the night before I did prep, which is something we talked about, I believe, Chris, in our mm-hmm. very first conversation, kind of getting some things together. And lo and behold, it was amazing to have a nice little mise en place and ready to go when I went to actually put all the ingredients together, which I did do actually over my lunch the next day. Oh, nice. Working from home had his perks mm-hmm. at a day like that because yeah. I was able to tend to everything in the kitchen. Got all the, like, you know, I was able to take the meat out and let it sit at room temperature and, oh, nice. and like, really take my time with a recipe, which was wonderful. And I wanted this to be a, the least stressful dinner party 
I've ever had. And it definitely achieved that. Um, by the time my friends got here around 6.30, um, I had planned to eat around 7.30 and everything was done. I had the salad all made except the lime juice on top. Um, I had actually taken out the actual ribs from the braising mm -hmm. liquid at that point, mm -hmm. put them in the oven. They were just so tender. I, I kind of wanted to keep the integrity of the rib a bit yeah. and it was falling off the bone. So I'm like, I want to keep that together at least. Um, I knew it would be delicious either way, but just for the aesthetic yeah. part of it. Um, but I kept cooking down the sauce to make sure it was really thick. Mm. And I loved oh, that. Yum. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I we served the ribs with the rice that was suggested on the recipe. Yeah. So I believe it was a snow peas cut diagonally, little matchsticks of ginger, yeah, mint, a lot of mint, lime juice. I added some salt, some uh, red chili flakes. Yum. And because I had to, I made an apple crumble for dessert. Ooh. I'm a baker at heart. So it was like the first dark fall night of the year. And we had this amazing meal that was full of warm flavors. And so it, it really came together as kismet. Claire, anything you would change any or any advice for other folks who are looking to, um, you know, spend a little bit more time with people um, they're hosting rather than just back in the kitchen? The prep was actually phenomenal and doing set it and forget it situation would be my number one tip. I bet I read that recipe multiple times in preparation for like just the day of cooking because I didn't want it to have to be like, oh my gosh, a what now? Well, I love that you didn't really like miss a beat in terms of using a different cut of short rib than yeah. what was specified in the recipe. I mean, like that alone, you know, honestly, like there's infinite variations and we try to account for some of them that are in like really yeah. mainstream usage. Um, but, you know, that work of, like, making the adaptations you needed. That was great instinct. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. All of these things, you know, let alone, like, when, you know, a recipe is crossing a border, you know, even though Canada is, like, literally right there, um, you know, what y'all call certain things it could be totally different. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of weird stuff going on, you know? <laughs> like, the English call eggplant aubergine. Yeah, I was about to say, or rocket. rocket yeah, rocket for courgette. Yeah, courgette. courgette. Chill out. <laughs> um, Claire, thank you for doing this and, um, you know, just working with us and trying this recipe. Uh, honestly, just so fun to chat with you about it. I'm glad you had a great night. And I hope you build on it, you know, to set yourself up for a great experience hosting, you know, whether it's your friends, your families, an event. Um, you know, I think that'll honestly, like, pay dividends over time. Yeah, so, totally. Um, I can't say thank you enough. Christy, you guys were amazing. And I did feel like I had you guys like over my shoulders encouraging me to like uh, keep going. And, watching, judging. You know, <laughs> Chris is judging. <laughs> I'm cheering you on. You know, cooking something, you know, that's like coming from a place of joy and happiness and positivity for people you care about. Like, you will not eat better food than yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. So thank you for um, for doing this with us. Thank you so, so much. We are looking for more dinner emergencies to help sort out. Do you have one? If so, please reach out. Write to us at podcasts at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. And look... 
We've had a lot of callers this season who are confident home cooks with highly specific and perhaps unique problems, which is great. But if you struggle to make a salad that you are happy to call dinner or find your pasta never comes out as well as what you get in restaurants or just have a tendency to burn things, we also want to hear from you. You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, the Dayton soy braised short ribs and the duck confit with spicy pickled raisins, plus the rest of the Bon Appetit recipe archive on the new Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Zainab Issa. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Jennifer Nelson is our studio engineer. Amar Lal mixed this episode. Special thanks to Scott Lee and Jake Loomis for engineering support. We'll be taking some time off for the holidays, but we'll be back in the new year to solve more of your dinner dilemmas. One's a smoky barbecue, one's a salt and vinegar, oh. and one's a ketchup chip, which you guys don't have in the States, you poor, poor creatures. Oh my God, uh, I yeah. Uh, I no, 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 but if you were like if you were like, oh, it's a tomato powder chip, we'd be like, ooh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Each story from our guests and listeners is totally unique and utterly personal. We love hearing about your first impressions when visiting someplace new. My first trip to the Patagonia region was on the Argentine side. I couldn't believe the expansive territory. It's like being in Tibet. The emptiness and the harshness really, I found transformative. Or a story told when safely back on dry land. You know, things happened every single day. I ran out of gas on a jet ski in the middle of the ocean. And I was like, what if a sea creature comes to eat me? But then I'm delusional. I was like, I'll make friends with it and it won't eat me. And maybe I'll ride that back to shore. That's how it works. (laughs) Join me, Lale Arakoglu, every week for more adventures on women who travel, wherever you listen to your podcasts.